You're welcome to the Davis 10 Soccer Podcast. My name is Greg Davis, former NCAA Division I athlete, and the goal of this podcast is to shed light on the harsh realities of life after sports. My guest today is professional soccer player Rishi Desai. Rishi played two collegiate years at Providence College before entering the professional ranks, beginning in Argentina's first division, followed by years playing in Germany and currently in Spain. A personal soccer trainer and fitness enthusiast, Rishi focuses on providing a professional environment for soccer players to develop their technical, tactical, physical, and mental abilities. His social media pages at RD Premier Training have amassed over 14,000 followers on Instagram and over 36,000 followers on TikTok as viewers are taken through core workouts, power and agility drills, personal sessions, and team workouts. A native of Holmdale, New Jersey, Rishi led his high school as three-year captain to the state championship in 2010 and continues to shine as a competitive midfielder known for his clean technical skills. Rishi, welcome to the Davis 10 Soccer Podcast. Thanks. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for having me. No doubt. And Rishi is is tuning in from, uh, I'm not sure if you said Madrid or right outside Madrid. Yes, sir. Madrid, Madrid. I live in the center. So Okay, cool, cool. So Rishi is tuning in from from Spain. So shout out to him. He mentioned he just he just came back from practice. So, um, you know, giving giving me a a solid, solid uh, hour, half hour of his day. So I appreciate that. And um, yeah, and Rishi is, you know, I knew Rishi, actually, I, I played with him at, at Providence College. So uh, I started my, my collegiate career at Providence College in 2010. I actually played two seasons there uh, before I, I transferred out. And Rishi was a year younger. So Rishi came in as a freshman when I was a sophomore. And unfortunately, I, I didn't really get to see Rishi play too much. We were, we were kind of chatting it up a little bit beforehand because, you know, I'll, I'll uh, you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on it, but, but Rishi had a, had a pretty bad injury that, that sat him out his, uh, his freshman year, which was my sophomore year, which was actually my, my final year at Providence. And, you know, but I was asking him, I was like, bro, I remember seeing you play a little bit. Like, you know, Rishi was known for his, I mentioned his, his, his kind of clean tactical skills. Rishi would always hit you with a step over, double step over. I think you were a lefty if I'm getting that right. Righty, righty, actually. Oh, okay, okay. Really <laughs> see, that's the thing. I didn't see you play enough, see? Yeah. Um, but Rishi played, yeah, so Rishi played in preseason for uh, for Providence during during sophomore year, which is, which is what I remember. And I don't even. I don't even remember. I mean, was it was it in the first game that was it was it like a tackle that uh, that that kind of caught that brought that injury on you? Yeah, it was the first preseason game of my freshman year. We were playing against St. John's there on top of the garage. You know, everyone talks about how hard the field is because it's like on top of cement. You know, and it was like the first five minutes I was in the game, and I think it was like a throw in or something, and I was going kind of jumped for the ball. When I landed, I was a little bit of contact with another player, and I just, my knee gave out. You know, I I had no idea. I hadn't had an injury before, so. And I tried to, like, keep going and whatever, but, you know, Rock, our trainer was, I think he already knew, you know, and then my knee blew up after the game was swollen. And, uh, yeah, tore, tore my ACL first, first preseason game. Yeah, yeah, wow, okay, okay. 
Wow. So yeah, Rock, man, John Rock was the, uh, I guess the, the athletic trainer, right? If I'm, if I'm getting that right of, of, uh, and he, he, so at, at each college and, and anyone who's played in college will know that in each college, university, you know, college teams have a, have a, like an athletic trainer that travels with them, um, you know, to practices, games, and obviously to, to be there if anyone gets hurt. Um, most of the athletic trainers, I think, kind of handle like, like two or three teams, so, so Rock had had men's soccer, and uh, Rock was Rock was the man. Rock was the man. I mean, Rock was never he was never too happy to like come out on the field. Um, you know, if if, if someone got hurt, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he was always you know he had to he had to get up off the bench and, and he had this he had this slow walk. So I mean, if you were if you were really in pain and you were on the other side of the field, you would have to kind of suck it up for a minute to wait to Rock wait for Rock to get to you. So. <laughs> Luckily, I was on the same side of the field, so it didn't take him too long. <laughs> nice, nice. And uh, yeah, you mentioned that, and I was see that's what I was trying to think about too, because you know when I went to Providence, I was always you know being in the Big East, I, I always kind of wanted to play against St. John's because I, I grew up right you know a couple blocks away from St. John's, and and when I was there, they had two different groups for the Big East, like a blue division and a red division, and. And St. John's was not in our division, so we never actually played them. I think, except in that preseason game, which I was—I remember leading up to it, I was hyped. You know, I, yeah. I called all my friends. I was like, "I'm coming home. Come watch me play." Like I had yeah. a chip on my shoulder. I was like, "I got to show out." This is like, you know. Plus, I was looking at at St. John's too when I was getting recruited. So I was like, yeah. "Man, they didn't want me bad enough. I'm gonna show out <laughs> here." And so I was—I was real hyped about that game. And uh, but yeah, it was a preseason game and. Wow, that that brings me back because I, I had no idea that that was the actual game where you uh you, you had yeah. the injury. I mean, even even for me coming from New York, New Jersey area, you know what I mean. I had like a lot of my friends there too, and my parent, my dad was there. Uh, so <laughs> it's kind of not the best way to start, but you know, yeah, it is what yeah. It is. definitely. And and one thing that 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 Arisha and I touched on as well is is and we'll, I'm sure we'll get into that, but I just have to. I have to address it because when when I left after I left Providence my my sophomore year, um, obviously that was the year that Rishi was out for his freshman year, but the following year I know that he played, and then I you know kind of out of the blue I felt like I heard that that Rishi left Providence and he went to Argentina, and I was like what like <laughs> like you know I was like I had no idea that that you know I, I'm not sure I, I think at the time I wasn't sure if you if, if he was getting scouted or I was like wait is he coming back you know so that you know. And I know we, we spoke a little bit about that offline, but um, but that was that was just such a such a shock to me and so unique as well. Like, you know, I didn't you know, it was it was rare. I feel like uh, at least at Providence that, that you mm -hmm. kind of that people left college early, especially if it was to, to go overseas. Right. So yeah. when I heard that, I was like, damn, that's ballsy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it caught everybody off guard. And like I was telling you a little bit before, it was something that. Um, had come up to me that opportunity kind of before going into college, but I had decided on at least going to college for one year, but then I tore the ACL, so I stayed there. It was better to go into a, you know, a professional environment after coming off of a solid year of playing. I'm not going to go there after coming off of a year of not playing. You know what I mean? Right. So I stayed, did a redshirt year that year, uh, played my first year as a as a freshman, really redshirt freshman, but my second year in school. And uh, in the January window, which is when in Argentina they start their season, is when I kind of went down. And originally I was just taking a leave of some one semester. 
So I was going to be back for the next season, right? I was just missing the spring season. Um, But playing down there in preseason, I was with Lanús, um, which is in Buenos Aires. Uh, I was with, I guess, you know, there they call it La Cuarta, but it would be like the under 18 um, at that time. And, um, but the first team, you know, that's the youth, but the first team is in the first division in Argentina. And from there, I was in preseason for a while. I ended up signing in, in Rosario Central. So Rosario Central, the first team again is in the first division. I was in La Cuarta, which is under 18. Uh, and it's in Rosario, which is a different city. Uh, yeah. And once I kind of like found out that, okay, I was going to stay there for at least that season. This is when I told, you know, uh, kind of the coach and everybody at Providence that, that I wouldn't be coming back and whatever. Uh, I think it definitely caught, caught people off guard, like you said, because... Uh, I mean, obviously school, my studies and me coming from, I guess I could say like an Indian background, it's super important for, it is for everybody. I'm not saying that, but my point is that my parents were super against me in that sense. I maybe have a little bit of uh, support from my father, but you know, from the other side, uh, it was a big battle and still kind of is the fact that I still play. Um, But the fact that I also make a living for myself doing it, it, you know, kind of helps me out. Otherwise it would be, it would have been, you know, bad relationship with parents and everything. But yeah, but yeah, so I, I went down, played a season and a half and playing actually against River Plate. Uh, nice. I, I tore my ACL again. Oh no. Okay. Okay. So, and it was actually to actually a possibility for me to go into River Plate in the next season to sign for River Plate. So that would have been, granted, I was in, I was playing for the second team in Rosario Central at that point. I played one season in under 18 and then the second team. And that's when I got injured. But, but yeah, moving to River Plate would have been, in, yeah. I mean, River Plate is, you know. <laughs> of course, of course. Listen, that's, that's incredible. Just, no, honestly, just, just hearing you say that, man, that's like, and like, listen, like you're down, like you said, you're in, you're in Buenos Aires and, you know, I, I don't think I'll come back up to Providence either. So <laughs> that's a hard, that's a hard transition to come back out of, you know, uh, out of what you were doing down there to come back up to, uh, up to Providence. So listen, shout out to you. And, and I'm sure that we'll get into that, um, you know, maybe a, a little bit more detail later, but um, why don't we just, you know, we can just kick it off a little bit, kind of bring me back to the, uh, to the beginning. And, and yeah. how did you, how did you get into soccer uh, and what initiated your love for the sport? Sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I guess like a lot of kids in the U S playing when you're young, you know what I mean? I played when I was young, I played soccer and basketball. Those are the two sports. I probably liked and was better at basketball than I was at soccer, to be honest. But I ended up staying with soccer because I ended up being on a solid academy team when I was really young. Tab Ramos, who obviously is a very well-known player in the U.S. and and here in Spain, actually. He played in Sevilla, one of the first Americans in, in Betis. But he became the kind of the coordinator and the, and the coach of our team and we had a very good team out of that team a lot of guys are, are playing professionally currently still and then i i had and basically i stayed with soccer because a lot of my best friends were playing soccer and, and not basketball you know what i mean yeah. and so i just kind of more from a friend standpoint and it worked out because i don't have the height to play basketball so <laughs> <laughs> nice nice and what tell me like you know if there's if there's just one yeah, I mentioned you. You grew up playing in 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 Homedale, New Jersey. Big 
big soccer culture around just just New Jersey as a state. But you know, if there's just one kind of memory that stands out for you, it's like your favorite childhood sports memory, like just something that you never never really forget. If there's mm-hmm. one of those memories, what, what what do you think that memory would be? I don't know if it was any real specific moment, I think, but just having Tab Ramos as our coach and and he brought in a former MLS coach that became our head coach, who's Richard Williams. And him, he ended up becoming a mentor for me for a lot, a lot of years. And just what I learned at 10, 11 years old, 12 years old, uh, the way that we were playing and the things that were instilled in the way that we were, like, were taught how to play, I think that made us super lucky. And I think that's why so many players from that team are still playing to this day in the U.S. and abroad. So uh, I think that would be my memory, like, of him you know, yeah. and of, and of certain guys that I had around me. Uh, I mean, another cool memory is, I guess, winning the state championship in high school, if I had to choose. <laughs> nice, nice. Definitely. And why don't you, um, and I, I like, I'm, I'm very familiar with, with the name Tab Ramos, but I'm, I'm drawing a blank in terms of just, yeah. you know, um, his, his, his playing career and what he's done afterwards. Why don't you just, um, if you could just explain a little, a little bit about Yeah, so Tad, yeah. Tad Ramos uh, was with in the World Cup, U.S. national team. Uh, he was big for, when before Red Bulls became the Red Bulls. So they were the Metro Stars before they oh, became right. the Red Bulls. And he was big in the Metro Stars. And Richard Williams was his coach in the Metro Stars. And that's why he brought him over. But yeah, he he played in Mexico for, I don't want to say a name because I might be mistaken, but playing the first division in Mexico. Then he played in Spain, Real Betis. For those who know the Spanish La Liga, Real Betis is a very good team here in La Liga. And like I said, big national team player. And he's from near, you know, Jersey area. Nice. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I'm I'm seeing his his image in my in my head, but I was yeah. I was trying to think. But when you mentioned Metro Stars, that that brought it back. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> now he's, Metro he's in the MLS coaching, or he was with the Dynamo, Houston Dynamo. Okay. Nice. Nice. And what was your you know looking back at it? What was your your dream? You know, what did you ultimately want to accomplish with with soccer in the future? Yeah. I mean. You know, obviously a dream can be as crazy as it is. So for me, I was always big Barcelona fan. The way that they're, you know, nowadays with Guardiola, right? The way that Ronaldinho was my favorite, still is my favorite player of, you know, in history. Uh, just the flair and the imagination and the way that they played. I I love that. And uh, I mean, I used to, and, and Brazil. So Brazil, obviously Barcelona having a lot of Brazilians and a little bit of that creativity in their game. I used to like go to sleep only in my, but the old Ronaldo, right? The number nine Ronaldo Brazilian. I used to only sleep in that shirt. Used to have a ball next to my bed and sleep only in that shirt. Um, And that was, you know, to play for Barcelona would have been like an ultimate, ultimate dream, you know? But I guess, you know, more on a realistic side was just to, I never really thought about playing professionally, but I just was, I loved the game and I just enjoyed playing it. So wherever that took me. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And 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 when I was when I was kind of digging up some info about your bio to make your bio, I, I was I, I saw the Providence website and 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 your bio, which 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 did list Ronaldinho as one of your favorite athletes. I did, it, and I, I, it, it did, it did. And I, you see, because 
because I went into mine and we're talking, you know, circa no, we're talking like, you know, obviously <laughs> twenty ten, but uh yeah. I went into mine and and I listed Ronaldinho as one of my favorite athletes too. So uh, I was like, Oh, okay, that's cool. But um but I think for you, you know, it definitely it definitely, it definitely showed that you were a fan of Brazil, and 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 for anyone, obviously, and and we'll get into kind of your your social media pages, but uh, I'll give a you know a quick plug right here. So for anyone that that hasn't checked out Rishi on Instagram or, or TikTok, he's at RD Premier Training, and and you can just see just some of the workouts that he's doing. Real quick feet, uh, I think you always like. For like like even when you ran with the ball, like every step, like you know, I, I, when I'm explaining this to to kids playing these days, like you know, I try to explain to them like kind of how Messi dribbles is like every step that he takes, he takes a touch on the ball. Like you weren't one to like push it and run. You were like you kept the ball real close to you, and you're like very quick with things, right? So if a step over was like real quick, you hit like a double step over in a matter of like half a second, right? So I still remember, and I know that that's definitely that Brazilian influence. So. What was, you know, and, and you went on and to, you know, you went on to play to play in college. And then obviously we spoke about uh, the move that you made after college. But what was like, and you're still playing right now, right? So, I mean, it, this this question could even pertain to, to right now, depending on, you know, how you feel about where you're at in terms of your career. But, you know, tell me, was there a specific moment where you felt like the highest in your career? Like you're playing at the best level and you're like, man... Maybe maybe not the dream of playing for Barcelona, but the dream of like you know taking soccer as far as as it can go. You were like, yeah, I felt like this in this moment when I was just killing it. <laughs> when I was in Argentina, easy. Yeah. Uh, when I was playing there, I was playing really well. Like I said, I had the opportunity maybe to go into River Plate, which would have been for me, you know what I mean, one of the biggest clubs in the world. And uh, and from there, um, supposed you know, the idea would have been to move into Europe. So again, not a Barcelona, but it would have been. It were some good, some good teams and, and countries that were the idea. So at that point, yeah, that was probably my point where I was feeling the best, and I was like, well, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. absolutely. And and you, you kind of, you know, <clears throat> and not sure if you mentioned this in the beginning uh, or if this was when we were talking offline, but but you mentioned that the 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 Argentina. Thing didn't necessarily come right out of the blue because I, I believe that it was something in the works maybe or something that you explored even before heading to, to to college to Providence. So tell me a little bit about like you know I guess I guess the the connection that you had there and and how that even played out. Yeah, so kind of playing growing up in Jersey, playing probably around the ages of like 15, 16, 17, like. Um, not only with the team, because the, the style of play in the U.S. is a little bit different, you know, and and I think it goes a lot into the culture of the U.S. because our culture is very, uh, we have a lot of other sports, right? And those other sports make us very athletic, right? U.S. guys are typically athletic. They're big, they're strong, which is, which is great. But soccer can be a very technical sport, right? Which is where some people may say that it's different. And I wasn't the biggest or the fastest or the strongest. I was very skinny, but I always loved like to dance, right? Like I love the rhythm. I love to play with the ball. And so I kind of fit a little bit more in the Latin style of play, South American. Um, in high school, I actually was, was in Brazil for a little bit, three weeks in Brazil. They wanted me to stay, but I had to finish high school. So, and I was in, in Santos. It was actually, I was, that was when Neymar was there. Um, their facilities was we I was I was with the under 16 team 
which was actually his age, but he was so good at the moment that he was already with training with the first team. So when we were training, he was training two fields down and he actually came over to say hi to the guys because those are his guys, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. So, and so I remember, and, I, and I, we've been to the first team games there and watched him play and it was just, you know, after Ronaldinho, it's, it's Neymar for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, but that style of play, I always love, like I was telling you before, uh, Brazil and Barcelona. And, and just having a little bit more of that style of play one of my mentors and and who had who coached that way right and who knew other coaches and other agents had seen me play through that and they were like yeah this player needs to go to south america you know uh and there were certain opportunities that came from that but i was still in high school and we thought okay let me mature a little bit more let me grow a little bit more into my body whatever let me get one instead of going in high school i had experience in high school but I, I came and finished high school. I came back and finished high school. And then it was like, okay, uh, do I do I go before I go into college or do I do I maybe play one year, two years, all four years? You know, let's see what happens. And so then, yeah, then what happened in college? Went one year, but to the ACL, so I stayed a second year. But yeah, it was in the works a little bit because of my style of play and people have seen me play and wanted to just give me that opportunity, fortunately. Yeah, nice. Okay, so this was something that was that was brewing even in high school, you know, in terms of yeah. your. Uh, so I mean, it sounds like South America. You were destined for that. You were destined <laughs> for that, and uh, it's so crazy, you know. Like I did, I it's that's why it's so good to have these conversations, you know, because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know any of this, and 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 as I mentioned, or sorry, I was at Providence with Rishi for for a semester, my my sophomore year, and uh, you know, Rishi was, Rishi was. I, we were talking about it before. Like Rishi loves Providence. Like he was, <laughs> Rishi wouldn't like he wouldn't miss a night out. And like Rishi was always kind of chilling with uh, some of the older guys as well. So 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 a couple guys that that I was real cool with at Providence, George and Wilder, and and uh, and so we were always you know he mentioned and which which brought back some memories that he was always in their room and and uh, and I was like I, I kind of remember that I was like yeah Rishi kind of enjoyed enjoyed college I remember that like and. and so, uh, so, you know, you know, you're not coming back. I was like, oh man, like, well, listen, it's, it's, you know, like I said, it, it's Argentina and, and all that. So, uh, that definitely, that definitely makes sense. But that, that kind of brings me into my next question, you know, because even, you know, when we were, we were talking offline, you, you, you mentioned that if there was, if there was one thing that maybe you could go back and change, it's like, you know, doing four years at college, you know, doing, yeah. doing four years and, and maybe specifically at Providence, right? Because uh, as you mentioned, like, you, you know, you meant, you said it yourself that you had, you had a great time there, you know, it was, yeah. it was a fun time. And so if, you know, and, and, and this isn't, you know, to get to gloom and doom, you know, in terms of the question of like regrets or looking back at things, but, you know, if there is, because you've, you've gone on, let me just point that out. You've gone on to do amazing things and, and, and we'll get into what you're doing now, just even outside of, of playing soccer, but in terms of a great playing career, you've definitely had that, you you know, as you mentioned, you know, you've, you've found something that you love that you're able to support yourself with, with, which is, which is a rare find. Right. So, but, you know, looking back at it, is there, is there any specific moment that you think that like, man, if I could do this differently, that you would possibly go back and like change or, or, or just the outcome in, in any sort of way? Yeah. Uh, what I mentioned before about going back and finishing my four years at college, that's something that if I like had to change, it's not a regret for me, 
because I, if I had that same decision to make again, I would make it again. I wouldn't make that same decision again. So I wouldn't consider it a regret. But if someone was like, you have to change something that you did, it would be that. Because, yeah, my first, when I tore my ACL and whatever, it was bad. It wasn't an easy time. But but uh, luckily, I had, like, you know, you guys and Wilder and stuff who I got along with so well. And Adler and other guys in my grade. And so I was and other people that in the school that we met, and it was just such an environment that I had so much fun, you know? Yeah. And I was only just getting started. Really, I only had that one semester where I was playing and like, okay, I'm enjoying it. I feel part of the team, whereas the first year I didn't really feel part of the team. So uh, I had like one semester, really, maybe, maybe two semesters of like a lot of fun, and that was something. But I think one regret uh, that, I, that I might have is that uh, I think a lot of times I've had after my injuries, which I guess maybe we, we'll get into later if you ask about it, but I was a long time without playing, you know, and I had rehabbed well enough to come back and, and physically and everything, I'm good and I still feel good, right? But mentally, uh, which is a lot of what you kind of started this podcast for, I think, is um, I think I had a lot of good opportunities, but I didn't have the confidence that I should have had going into those opportunities to take advantage of them. You know what I mean? Uh, and I still think that's a big thing for me, confidence. And I know a lot of athletes go through it, but the the ability that people see and and that I have with my feet, right, that, that a lot of people know and will say that I play with, I don't think I use it enough with because of my confidence, you know, fear of making mistakes, fear of, and that all kind of came in after a long time. It was a total of like four years that I that I had to leave and not play. Yeah, um, yeah. And those are my regrets because at the end of the day, it's it's like they're mistakes, you know. Why are you afraid to make the mistake? Mm-hmm. You know, at that point, yeah, it's like everyone's looking at you. Oh, he's supposed to be good. Why is he not? Or, oh, he lost the ball again, whatever. But then a week later, no one even remembers it. You know what I mean? Maybe even the next day. No <laughs> Now, that's a good point. Just like, you know, touching on that confidence in terms of, like you said, like getting into your head. And you know, I, again, I, I would just say for you, like it definitely, I just, just, just from the outside looking in, I mean, I, I was always like, man, that's a confident move to even do what you did, right? In, in terms of going to Argentina. So maybe, like you said, maybe something that you could build on or, or wish you had a little bit more of was that confidence. But man, like that, even even just making that move that you did is, is something that a lot of sophomores, you know, coming out of college wouldn't be able to do. So, you know, yeah. shout out to you, because I think that that in itself takes, sure. takes a good amount of confidence. And Kind of, you know, you touched on the uh, the 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 injury aspect, and but I'm, I'm you know I'm I'm a little bit more interested in in hearing about maybe like what like what those time periods were like for you, just just right. on the mental side of things, and then also kind of like your 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 support system. If you if you kind of felt like you had that support system or like either people to lean on, whether it was like friends or family, you know, you you even mentioned that kind of yourself, you know, being a son of, of, of Indian parents that they kind of, you know, wanted you to, to stay in the, in the studies. And, and, and that was maybe a challenge kind of navigating that relationship. So I'm just wondering in terms of just your general like support system, especially as you were going through some of those, some of those injuries, what did that, that look like for you? Yeah, absolutely. I think with those injuries that, you know, your mental space is like the most important part of recovering from those types of things. So uh, yeah, it was a total of three ACLs, 
uh, that I've had in probably about four years out of the game. Physically, I was never afraid of the hard work, right? That was kind of what I always knew I could do. So it was just in the point where after the second one, it was like people like, are you going to still play? Like, are you going to be able to you do it again? And then you have my parents who were convincing, trying to convince me not to. I think my dad was a little bit more supportive, but my mom, even from the beginning before injuries, was convincing me, trying to convince me not to. Then, you know, she went to the point where we, I don't, you know, I don't have the best relationship with her from that side because it was something that I wanted to continue and she was fighting against me. And it's my mom, you know, it's not somebody, it's somebody that I have around me when I was back home, like every day. Um, right. And she was putting a lot of other family members to try and tell me to stop playing. So my grandparents at the time, uh, aunts, uh, people that would talk to me would tell me like, oh, you should stop playing. Like, and at that point, I was in a pretty bad point in my life because I was pretty lost because I was doubting it myself. Am I going to continue to play? Like at the point where I was coming from going, you know, first to Argentina, like playing the second team to, you know, a River Plate or whatever, moving into Europe to nothing. Am I going to done playing? So, you know, obviously that did come into my, I had to make that choice. For me, it was make the choice. And then once you make the choice, then you go 100% with whatever choice that you make instead of, all right, I'm going to try to play, but I don't know. Because then I'll never make it back. And then after the third ACL, like obviously all of that just (laughs) went on even stronger. So um, I had like grandparents, uh, aunts, uncles, cousins, whatever, telling me, you know, not to play like, oh, you got to study, you got to finish your studies, you got to whatever your parents, all that stuff. Um, And obviously, I had to listen to it. Certain people I, I didn't really (laughs) maybe give the time of day to, to talk to me like that. Uh, Other people, like, for example, the grandparents or whatever, I had to, I had to take it because Mm. that's just a respect thing, you know, and obviously, when it comes to my mom or even my dad, like, I just didn't stay home. Like, I was at home all that time, rehabbing, had to study, I was working, whatever. But I would just sleep at home. I'd wake up and I'd be out of the house, do my training, my rehab. I'd be at a friend's house, I'd working, uh, training other kids at the point. And what kept me, I think what helped me around the game, which was, I told you before, I had a mentor who I grew up, who was my coach, grew up then training with him in smaller groups, um, constantly always. And he was obsessive to the point where not only on the field, but he would like have me come for dinners after and talk to me, but up until 12 midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., just talking to me, almost like a Mr. Miyagi, Daniel-san type (laughs) of kid. Like he would teach me lessons where it's like, not directly learning, but I was learning. You know what I mean? And that was his style of teaching. That was his method. So I was not only training and coming back and rehabbing on the field, but he had a developmental program for kids. And there were probably, you know, at any point, 70, 80, 100 kids in the program. And I was working with all of them. I remember from five, four, five o'clock in the afternoon till 10 at night, 11 at night. We were training different age groups. So, and those three, four years I wasn't playing, I was actually getting a lot of experience on training kids mm. uh, at all ages, starting from seven or eight to uh, high, at the end of high school and college kids that would come back. And I learned a lot about the developmental side of the technical side, um, not only, you know, being more of a technical player myself at that point, but also just learning by teaching and learning from him 
who who had a lot of professional, both you know, foreign and in the U.S. professional experience. Uh, yeah. So for me, that was that was huge. Just being around the game, you know, I didn't, I wasn't at a point where I was sitting at home and just like moping, even though there was after surgery where you can't move, you're just in bed and whatever. But it was really just being around him and being around the game, being around kids and teaching and learning from a different side of the game uh, that that kept me motivated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that was the most important thing. Almost four or five days a week, if not, then more. About four or five days, five days a week was when the trainings were. But I was, he constantly calling me, testing me and do, like mentally he would test me in different things you yeah. know taught me a lot of lessons just about showing up on time and being la- whatever it is all the little little things um, so staying around the game is what kept me motivated to to then being able to continue to play after those four years out um yeah. That's, yeah, definitely, and that's that's you know, and you know, like that's that's a I don't I don't know if that's necessarily kind of like a a topic that 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 I was that I've been able to touch on yet in this in this podcast is is the fact that like yeah, when you do have you know whether it's a dream to go abroad or a dream to play professional, and you know, not everyone's gonna necessarily understand that dream or understand that motivation or that desire, uh, mm-hmm. you know, especially um, sometimes you know family coming into the mix and and they want you to do something you know possibly else or or explore a different path. So that's that can always be you know a, a point of tension. So I appreciate you just even uh, even speaking about that because I think it's important that because uh, I think that's a situation that comes up in a lot of lot of different uh, athletes, you know. I'll Outside of soccer as well is you really just kind of t- got to take a leap of faith sometimes and and uh and that leap of faith can uh, <laughs> i think can uh can cause a little anxiety especially from from loved ones and things like that but you kind of mentioned you know just staying around the game and 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 obviously you're, you're still playing but i you know i do want to touch on just your your personal training and and you know i mentioned before that you have you know multiples of, of thousands of followers and and uh, you know i'll definitely keep keep track of that i see what you're doing out there and everything like that so how did you like you know how did you kind of get into 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 that and how is that kind of playing out for you so far and and i think that's a that's also kind of like a good path in terms of maybe something that you're considering doing a little bit more f- constantly once you're done playing right um so You know, when I was, again, with this mentor and coach that I had, when I was young, like 12, 13, 14, he had this program, right, aside from coaching us. And then after, you know, that team kind of whatever broke up, people went different ways. A lot of guys stayed with him training. So in his training program, we would train at a certain hour, right? And, And he would actually invite us to train with the older kids. And then when I got older, maybe 14, 15, 16, 17 there, he would be more of the older kids in the program. He would actually make us come earlier or, you know, not make us, but like if we could, he would encourage it to come earlier and work with the younger kids and play with them. So from 15, 16 years old, I was already working with younger kids, teaching, coaching, learning uh, the different, you know, just how to interact with them, how to get them to love the game, right? Because it's not so much at technical training and everything at that age. It's more so teaching them how to learn, right? And how to 
uh, train and things like that. So from a young age, I was kind of exposed to kind of giving back to the kids and um, teaching and, and, and that side. So then as I got older, then again, I left and went playing. But then when I was back again in those years, I was doing it again. So and at this point, I was doing it even more because now I'm much older. I have more experience. And I also wasn't able to play at the moment after surgery. So I was only doing the training and I was doing it a lot every day, four or five hours with a lot of kids. You had about a hundred kids, some give or take in that program. So that, and I, and I just ended up love do, I love doing that. I love being around the game and working with the kids and, and being a kid myself with them. So that's kind of how everything kind of really started for me uh, in those years. And then really, as far as like the, so I always knew the always the idea was maybe to, after I'm done playing to go back into that program and kind of take that program over because I was one player that out of out of a lot of players that stayed with him for a long time I was probably the longest one and I was the most like maybe loyal you could say dedicated in there a lot because of my path because other guys they went on and played professionally they couldn't be in there but I you know it was like a blessing in disguise. I guess I call it to a lot of people like three ACLs and we call it blessing. <laughs> but that time period set me up for later on after I'm done playing because I learned so much. And now starting out young, still playing, I have way more experience than the other guys that I play with that are my age. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. So, so in that time, that learning experience, that exposure and that, that helped me set up knowing what I was going to do, uh, continue to try and grow and then do after I'm done playing. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I think that's, yeah, like you said, that's, that's a blessing just because, you know, you, you kind of, you know, at, I, I believe you're, if you're, you're younger than me, you're 29, but correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. but at, at 29, you kind of, you already have so much experience when it comes to understanding, you know, how to run sessions and, and understanding how to really kind of, you know, whether it's, market your, you know, your, uh, your personal training and, and different things like that. So I think that's, that's amazing. That, that definitely sounds like it's something that, that, that you already kind of are, are planning on and kind of, you know, leaning into a little bit more once your, your playing days are over, which hopefully are not anytime soon. And, you know, I know we're, you know, we're, uh, we're still young bucks out here. So, but in, in, in terms of your future outside of like the playing days and, and what you're going to do after that, which um, you're obviously kind of in the, in the process of, of setting that up even now, right. While you're still playing, but if you could give one piece of advice about, you know, sport retirement, the transition process outside of sport, even, you know, even though you're still actively playing, you know, if, if, um, but if you could give that, that one piece of advice to, to any, any athlete, whether they're still currently playing or whether they're, they've now transitioned outside of sport, what do you think that one piece of advice would be? For athletes, I think that you learn a lot, a lot of values from playing a sport, especially a sport at a high level right? A recreational level, maybe you don't have the same values instilled into you, but you know, you playing in, as a division one player, right? And then not opportunities after you, you, you have certain values instilled in you, certain discipline that's in you about you having to train, having to take care of your body, having to, you know, having to miss events with friends or whatever it is, right? Eat properly, wake up early, travel, all that stuff. Those values and that discipline uh, a lot of people when they're done playing and even to this day, 
Like I wake up and like, oh, what could have been? You know what I mean? If I didn't have my injuries, what could have been? Uh, to be honest with you, I like a lot of anger inside of me. <laughs> as much as like things are great, right? Like what could have been uh, gives me a lot of anger. Uh, and But I think to use that anger, right? Or to use what you've learned, what's happened in the past as a tool for you in the future. So that discipline you can translate that into anything that you do in life. And that anger drives me every day to be like, okay, I didn't, let's say I don't make it to where I thought or where I was going to or where I wanted to in, in football, right? Well, then I'm going to do whatever I can to make it to the level that I want to in a different way and yeah. in something else. And, and that drives me. Like, I wanted to be the best player, right? I want everybody to know me for being the best player. Well, now that's you know, not going to happen. So I want everyone to know me to being the best trainer, or right? And that drives me. And I think hard work is something that I thrive on. And it's a, what a lot of athletes are accustomed and disciplined in doing. So I use that as a tool to drive my, you know, whatever success I hopefully can have in the future um that's that's what i would give as like an advice use it don't don't let it hurt you mentally and be like oh well now you know it's over i just yeah. gonna stop listen man that's you know on from from my perspective and and i've done about you know uh, i've done maybe over 20 episodes at this point from from my perspective i think that's probably the best piece of advice for, for b uh you know um just hearing you say and i love that you that you mentioned the the anger you know, and yeah. and just because from my point of view, it, um, I feel like that's so relatable. Like I, I personally still do have a lot of anger, whether it was like about decisions that I made or about things that 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 could have been. As as you mentioned, me as well. I yeah. I always had a dream, whether realistic or unrealistic, to just be the best. You know, right. I, and and that and there's still like there is a, still a lot of just pent up anger i would say inside of me or 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 regret um not necessarily at other people i'm always one to point the finger at myself so i kind of live with that on a on a daily right and i and i still do and i'm and i'm you know eight what is it eight years now out of like competitively playing but it's yeah. still something but but hearing you say that like to kind of use that anger right yeah. and and into saying like yeah like because i think you know it similar to you is it's this it's this you know, I, I I have no shame in saying it that I that I do have an ego and like I do want to be the best, right? And I, I did want to be the best soccer player and I did want to leave my mark and I did want to, you know, leave a legacy and and I wasn't able to do that. So there's a lot of, you know, just just like you said, anger. But but I think even hearing you say that is something that I do personally on a on a level now is I, I use that to be like, man, like whatever it is I'm doing in my career, like I want to get to the top, like I want to yeah. be the best because I just I can't fathom not almost leaving a legacy or I can't fathom not, you know, looking back at myself saying like, yeah, like I, I, I didn't achieve what I wanted to achieve. Right. So, um, listen, man, I, I really, I love that. I love that. I, I think that that for me personally, that hits pretty deep. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I just, I just love that. And, and thanks so much for even, for even mentioning that, man, for real. Of course.
definitely. And listen, man, this was this was absolutely amazing, Rishi. I think uh, I, I again appreciate you again tuning in from from Spain. You know, the, the wife. We had a couple a couple little Wi Fi hiccups, but I think I think it was pretty good so far. Right. So, uh, but no, man. Listen, I know you were coming from practice, and and you're you're a super busy guy keeping up with your your stuff off the field as well. But I just think like. Like this is, um, you know, for for me personally, this is definitely one of the most impactful episodes that I've that I've had. Um, just just hearing hearing your your outlook and if it's if I'm I'm sure if that's if that's helping me right now, that that can help a lot of different people. So just appreciate you being just so honest and 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 just telling me, you know, just kind of getting into the details of your story and and taking us through. And you had a very and still do have a very unique story. So really, again, just just appreciate you coming on and and sharing as much as you did. No, no, I appreciate you for, for reaching out and having it. I know it's been a while since we were able to connect, and uh, uh, it's good to see you, hear from you. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I appreciate being able to help anybody that I can tell, you know, whatever it is and, and, and help you out in any way. Definitely, definitely, man. Well, listen, keep keep doing your thing. You know, uh, keep killing it on, on, on social media with, with everything that you got going on there. And, and uh, listen, man. Maybe one of these days you come back to the States, hope to link up. But uh but happy yes. appreciate you having you on, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you.